Hi everybody, this is I Shake My Head with Lisa and Sam. Hello. Okay, four things people need to know right off the top, Lisa. Tell them. 20 years, besties. Woohoo! <laughs> Two. <laughs> We're almost 50. No, Samantha, stop that. Just stop that. You're almost 50. Whatever. Ugh. Three, we podcast from my car. We're sitting inside your car right now. Four, we're from Canada. We're from the heart of the breweries. We're from Saskatchewan. And if you're unsure if that's a real place, just Google it. Yeah. But we also bring you a new episode every single Friday. We do. It's about an hour long, but you know what? Time goes by quick. Because <laughs> we're just two crazy women bantering, talking about lighthearted topics. Talking over each other all the time. <laughs> we argue, we disagree, but we always go back to laughing. We do. We just want to be the least stressful part of your week. Exactly. So you can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, and any other podcast app that you have. We're all over social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Filmcast, and I'm with Nick, and we have uh, returning back Brandon Rhinus. Uh He's got a couple of new projects to talk about, and we'll talk about his previous projects as well if he is interested. Um, Brandon, I don't know if we able to do a dedication last time you're here, so before we get started, why don't you um, have a if you have it in mind, what would you like to dedicate this episode to? Ooh, that's a hard one. I'll <laughs> say I'll dedicate to my parents for supporting me in my crazy career choices all these years. Okay, wonderful. Your parent, did your parents like movies too? Oh yeah, <laughs> they're always the ones that introduce you, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Brandon um, is talking. He's got a a new movie called Hotbox, I believe, and Grotesque, and I believe Hotbox is the full feature, if I'm right. Hotbox is a feature that has already been released, and Grotesque is a feature that we shot a trailer for that's available, and we're going to begin. Um, at the end of this month, shooting the actual feature. Okay, so, so before we get into that, how can people, if they're interested, uh, find Hotbox? Um, best place is Amazon Prime. It's on there. I think it's also on um, Tubi and a bunch of other streaming services like that. But it uh, seems Amazon is the uh, the most popular one and easiest way to find it. And you got a wonderful um, pitch as somebody who really was uh, interested in uh, a good review from a very famous celebrity. Oh yeah, we um it's actually one of our um actors, Elizabeth Chamberlain, her dad um contacted me and said he kind of like knows a guy who knows a guy that knows Tommy Chong. Yes. Um and I was kind of like, you know, and he might be able to do a promo for it and I was like, yeah, sure, right, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll believe it when I see it cuz you know, Tommy Chong's actually originally from Edmonton where I'm from. And I was kind of <laughs> like, you know, people People brag all the time about famous people they know. So he he was kind of like, yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. And, but I was like, you know, whatever, if he can do it, you do it. So I wake up like two days later with a video from Tommy Chong um, <laughs> endorsing the movie. So I was, you know, very, very happy about that. It was uh, such a nice thing of him to, to do to help us out like that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, so people can find it on Amazon Prime. And uh, for people who don't are not familiar, haven't listened to the previous episode, can you just tell our listeners what Hotbox is all about? It's um, well, a stoner comedy is the best way to uh, describe it. 
Um, basically, it all takes place in this one house during one night where uh, this kind of crazy house party is going on, and there's a whole yeah. bunch of different um, stories happening in there, and a lot of it takes place in a car where people go to smoke weed in this car. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. We got an incredibly good uh, reaction to it when we um, had a couple of theater screenings, and um, people seem to really like it, so definitely check it out. Um, before you've done a lot of horror movies, what, what, what made you, and I think I've asked you this before, but what made you transit to, to do kind of a comedy? Um, I think it, it seems like I do a lot of horror movies cause that's what like most of my short films are. And yeah, it does kinda, kind yeah. of, yeah. But, um, I do write like other stuff. Like I'm, I'm big into comedy too. And I actually just optioned, um, uh, a, a feature length romantic comedy script to a production company in in the UK. So, I mean, I do write a wide variety of things. It just horror has kind of always been my favorite, so yeah, it generally, um, when I write stuff and create things, it kind of goes towards horror. But Hotbox has been kind of in my mind for a while, and um, that just kind of seemed to be the one that kind of just clicked with something and we're able to raise some money for. Um, so yeah, so we went ahead and did a comedy, and it's kind of funny too because my dad, <laughs> um, my dad, you know, he's he kind of knows me as doing the horror stuff, which he doesn't yeah. really like. And, okay. And then he came to the premiere. My parents came to the premiere, and my dad's like, "Wow!" He's like, "You know," at first I was like, "Is Brandon even funny?" Like, <laughs> and, um, and then they watched it. They just loved it. They ended up watching it like a whole bunch of times, and they you know, watched it with like every family member. And well, that's great. Um, so it's you know, I guess I do have a knack for comedy, apparently. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's a good test. It's a quick test, right? If they're not laughing, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. But if they're laughing, it's yeah, a good... I was so worried about that. I mean. You know, comedy is subjective for one, right? And yes, it, it was is. My biggest fear was we'd be you know, having this premiere with like 500 people in the crowd and, you know, it would just be like dead silence the whole time and it <laughs> painfully awkward. Um, but, you know, as soon as it started, pretty much right off the bat, it was like nonstop laughter. Like every joke got a laugh. Even things I didn't think were funny got a laugh. Um, so was, by the end, I was like, okay, thank God. You know, I guess I'm funny or, you know, at least have enough of a people that find me funny that I can, I can do comedy films. I think it, like in, in your, your calling us from uh, Edmonton in Canada. I think Canada has a great sense of humor. I think they love a bunch of variety of comedies. Yeah. We got like kids in the hall and, you know, shows like that, that, um, yeah. you know, I think are freaking hilarious. <laughs> well, and then you, um, now doing uh grotesque in that, and, and you're, you're writing it. Are you, um, how did you come about writing it? It was, I have this list of like thousands of ideas. Every time I come up with an idea, I just write it down, okay. um, you know, on my phone or whatever, and I compile it onto this list in a Word database. And over the years, it's now thousands long. Um, and I just kind of like anything I think of from cool titles to concepts. And, uh, you know, every time I, I want to do a new project, I'll kind of go and flip through it and see if anything catches my eye. And, and one of them was just uh, about a woman who gets a botched plastic surgery, and then she goes on a killing spree. So that kind of like struck me, and I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna do something with that." Yes. And um, and so I, I can't remember if we had the if I wrote the script first or if we had the costume first. I think I wrote the script first, and it just kind of came out kind of comedy. Like, I mean, it's kind of horrific slasher horror, but it's also just like it's very comedic, almost kind of like in an American Psycho kind of way. Okay. Okay. Um, so I wrote it, and then I sent it to, to Julie Whalen, who's a frequent uh, collaborator of mine. Um, you'll, you'll recognize her. She's Ariel, the the uh, uber-religious girl in um, Hotbox. Ah, uh-huh. um, all right. She was, uh, I sent her the script, and she read it, and she just, like, absolutely loved it. And then um, 
extended to Elizabeth Chamberlain, who, funny enough, is the other religious girl in Pop Ox, and I was kind of thinking of her to play the main character, uh, Mildred Moyer, and she liked the script, and she had a couple masks that she made or found or something, and she put together this costume with, like, this um, black and white polka dot dress and this kind of mask that covered yeah. the top half of her face, and I was like, oh my god, that's so perfect. Um, I think I think you feel, if I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think you showed a, a picture of it on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I've shared a few pictures on there. You can go to the the Higher Universe Facebook page, and um, you know we shot the trailer for it. It was like either last year or the year before. We spent two days just shooting a trailer, um, so you you'll get a good idea of what it's about. Um, yeah, we got a very good reaction to it, but it's um, it's out there, and like it's, um, I think it's awesome, basically. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it was it was kind of sitting on the back shelf along with some other projects I have that you know we're trying to raise money for, and um, I've always wanted to get it going. It's just you know we need the money, and and it was actually just last week Julie contacted me, and yeah, she was kind of like you know what like instead of just waiting um, till we have all the money, what if we just started with what little money we have? We could just shoot like one or two days of it, and then try to raise some more money, even if we have to wait a month or two, and then shoot one or two more days even if it takes a year, we just start plugging away at it rather than waiting. And I was kind of like, you know what? That's, that's a good idea. Um, cause I think as we're doing that, we're gonna do some crowdfunding. It's probably going to stir up some interest in it and we'll probably just attract money to it as we're going. And okay. one way or another, we'll eventually get the whole thing done. If there's somebody out there listening that wants to help uh, contribute, um, how could they reach you? Uh, well, we haven't launched the crowdfunding. We're going to wait till kind of closer to the shooting date. Um, okay. Probably like October-ish or something. So we, we kind of want to launch it while we're shooting. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can just reach out to me on my email or Facebook or whatever. Um, like even with Hotbox, we kind of started shooting before we even had enough money to to pay for the whole thing. Um, but as we were shooting, kind of people were coming out of the woodwork and wanted to get involved and were donating money here and there. And by the time we were done, we had enough to finish the whole thing. So I'm hoping the same thing happens again whether or not the crowdfunding we get all the money we want but whatever little we get we'll shoot whatever we can with it and you know and we'll kind of just keep going and we'll just get it finished through sheer perseverance it does kind of help i think um get, getting more revenue if you shoot kind of like a trailer to show people what it's kind of about we actually they get to see it a little bit almost like a demo reel yeah exactly we have the like, that's good that's a good thing too is the trailer's already done um it's on youtube so right off the bat we can share that around i've even been sharing it a bit it's kind of hard on um facebook because i shared it i used to have a grotesque facebook page and we shared the trailer and then they friggin like deleted the page because it um it was too violent or something like it it was uh, against their terms of service okay and i was like are you freaking kidding me so now i gotta like kind of be careful about doing that too much but um it is on youtube and we'll be you know sharing stuff one way or another so it is out there if you want to see it Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Um, and you're and you're anticipating to do um, principal photography in October. I think uh, we were talking starting October, but I think now we're looking at uh, September 27th as the first date. It's kind of rough because I mean it's still nice here now, but we have yeah. pretty hard winters in Canada, and some of the story it pretty much needs to be spring or summer. So what we think we're going to do is we'll shoot uh, we'll shoot all the indoor stuff because we could do that whether there's snow or not. And then anything outside that doesn't absolutely need to be winter, or I mean summer, we can shoot those right away while it's still fairly nice. And then we might just have to wait until April um, to finish it off to shoot the last kind of 
quarter of the movie that's all um, at a summer camp. Yeah. Um, but right now it's like, yeah, the sooner we can kind of jump into it, the better. I'm actually shooting a, a short film next, um, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. We're doing a, a short film. So, I mean, we got like a million things on the go that we're trying to juggle. But, um, you know, Julie's working hard at the, the scheduling and we're trying to just, you know, organize how we could do this in the most efficient way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, about editing, do you edit your own films too? I do. And then uh, do you have the outside help or are you just comfortable doing it? Are you kind of the person director that likes to do it by himself? I like to, I like to edit myself. Um, my, like I'm, I'm a pretty good editor, I think, but my okay. skills only go so far. Like I can only, there's some things I just don't know how to do, especially when it comes to like um, effects and, and that kind of stuff. So usually yeah. I'll just edit it up to the point where it reaches kind of the end of my talent. It's like, this is as good as I can get it. And I have to get someone else to kind of fill in all the gaps and do all that kind of stuff that I don't know how to do. Um, you know, and we have someone else that does the sound mix and all that kind of stuff just because it's, you know, I could do it myself, but it wouldn't be very good. Um, but as far as just pacing and stuff, I have a history of just kind of, you know, over the years editing when I used to work in um, doing kind of news type stuff. I just got used to editing constantly. Yeah. So I think I have a pretty good eye for what looks good. When I'm shooting, I kind of know in my head how I'm going to cut it together. So I can edit fairly quickly. Um, so yeah, I really like to do that myself. I think the last time I talked to you, we talked about writing, and you're a pretty quick writer. Are you? Is it still kind of the same? Yeah, it's um, yeah, I'm still pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually writing books now too. I really my first novel. Um, um, I don't know if you saw my. I have the the web series. I'm haunted. Yes, it's I kind did. Of the, the found footage, um, ghost like haunted house type of thing that we shot and there's a uh, i think like 62 or 64 episodes that are kind of one to five minutes each yes yes uh, and we released them like every day for a couple months um i wrote a novel based on that it's kind of just like an expanded version of that movie so i released that and got some good, good reaction to it I actually got hired to write a novel like ghost write a novel for someone else and i kind of got a knack for it you know i just like it, it's different than screenwriting and i kind of like doing it so now i'm um turning some of my other uh, film projects and stuff into novels um, just as, a, you know, another medium to get out there. I, I think, if, yeah, but for my listeners, if you look at Higher Universe uh, YouTube, the I'm Haunted series, as well as um, Brandon's other short films are on there. Um, one of them that I really like is Am I a Robot? Did I have the title right? I am not a robot. I am not a robot. I forgot the negative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is a very interesting concept because it plays on a cliche that we always see in sci-fi movies and it has a little bit of a different play on it um how did that how did that come out that it was it was part of what we called um horror weekend okay even though that one was totally sci-fi not horror yeah but i but... had the, the year before i had done we shot five uh short horror films in one day yes they were kind of all like one minute long things and after hotbox like hotbox went so smoothly and we actually finished a day early, like everything. It just, it was like the most perfect shoot. So I was kind of riding a high, you know, the whole team was. And um, so I kind of came up with the idea of like, well, let's do that same horror thing again, but we'll do five kind of more longer, more complicated stories, but over a weekend instead of one day. And it ended up being an actual horror weekend and not just the title, but in just yeah. the just the harshness of the shoot, right? It just, everything kind of went wrong and it was so much harder than we anticipated. But um, all in all, it actually 
turned out fairly well. I actually waited a year before releasing the films because, uh, you know, I just had a bad taste in my mouth over the, the whole shoot. And I didn't even know it was going to it was going to turn out any good. And the last thing I wanted after putting people through hell was to have five, you know, bad movies. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. But then I cut them all together and it's like, oh, you know what? They actually turned out pretty good. So yeah, we released them, and yeah, I'm not a robot is the the one sci-fi one out of the four that that we did, and I'm not really a sci-fi guy, but that idea just kind of came to me, and yeah, yeah, I just kind of found it interesting that it's like, what if like, um, you know, artificial intelligent robots were so advanced that you couldn't tell the difference? Yes. And then I was like, well, how could you tell the difference? And so I wrote the story, and it was kind of a twist at the end. Some people figure it out right away. You know, it's not that big of a deal, but it's it's really open to interpretation to what the meaning of it actually is. And I've heard different theories from people, but uh, it's basically just to make you think. I don't really have a, there's no kind of agenda with it. I'm not really trying to make a point. I'm just kind of putting it out there and people can kind of make up their own mind as to what it actually means. I um, I do my YouTube series with uh, Kyle Gothy. We do Nick on, Nick and uh, Kyle, Nick on film. And we just uh, explored a lot of Philip K. Dick adaptations. And so after researching a lot of Philip K. Dick and look, reading a lot of his books, watching his movies, and then I saw I your your film, I'm Not a Robot, I was like, this is perfect. I love it. It's a little bit of an homage to if uh, Philip K. Dick, if you under who know if you know who he is. No, I never heard of him but i will look him up <laughs> okay okay well he explores the whole you know identity of things you know am i real i'm not real what is tangible what you know so it's a lot you know like blade runner screamers total recall it's all about yeah yeah all that stuff of things are not exactly entirely what they are supposed to be yeah yeah uh so are you still are you still kind of the person that could write anywhere at any time Pretty much, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I make my living writing. It's kind of my main thing, so I, I yeah. have to, right? I mean, um, yeah, if I'm not writing, I'm not earning <laughs> any money, so I'm always writing something, and even if I'm not hired to being paid to write something at any given moment, I'm writing something on my own that I'm pitching around trying to sell or something I'm trying to um, make from, you know, produce myself. And, you know, I got comic books um, that I write, you know, that I publish myself, others that I write for other companies, and you know, so between the novels and the the scripts and the books and all that, like I got a a ton of writing to do. I got a bunch of kind of semi-completed projects that I'm slowly working on, um, kind of on the back burner. But you know, sometimes I'll write half a script and then all of a sudden I'll get an offer to write a movie. So it's like, well, I got to take the paid gig, right? So I'll <laughs> right, put right. the other ones on the back burner, and sometimes months go by and I get a bunch of paid gigs back to back, and I'm kind of like, oh man, I want to go back and finish that fun script. But it's like, but as soon as I do that, that means you know I'm not getting paid for a couple weeks or a month. So it's, it's always kind of juggling um, things around. And then you know as soon as you start producing a movie like grotesque, then yeah. that eats up a lot of your time too, right? So it's right, uh, right. Constantly, constantly hustling and you know just juggling projects and you know kind of one thing gets really important for a while and then it falls back to the back burner and then another another thing's really important and. But I'm just constantly putting out content, which is um, it just kind of helps the whole machine run. The kind of you know, the more things I put out, the yeah. more attention I get to myself, which means I get hired more, which means I get more money to make more things, and so I kind of just keep the ball rolling like that. Yeah, so and, and I like that you you explore different avenues of just novels, movies, comic books, um, 
is there a big significant difference writing through the variety of mediums? Yeah, there kind of is. Um, it's hard switching back, especially if I'm doing them like all like in the same day or in a couple of days. Yeah. Um, I just find like writing novels is so it's kind of like freeing because with um, you know with scripts like, you have a limited amount of space, so everything's got to be tight to the point, and you know you can't you can't really show what people are thinking in the movie. So it's kind of like only what you see or hear. Or in a book, I can go on and on for pages about someone's thoughts. You know, I could just really get into their character and um, and just not having to show things visually. You know, I could just skip yeah. ahead. Um, you know, in a, in a script, you kind of got to worry about transitions and passage of time and how to show time has passed. In a book, I could just say, um, you know, he spent the next couple of months... Uh, you know, at his cabin. And then, you know, I, didn't, I could just say what I want to say and yep. get to the point, right? So there's just things like that where it's like, oh, I don't got to, like, figure out a way to to show things. Um, and so it's kind of fun in, in that respect. But it's also just much longer writing, you know? Like, um, with a script, I can get it done faster. With a book, it's just, like, so many more pages, so many more words. Um, so there's things I like about each of them and, and things I don't like so much. But... But I'm just thinking too. It's you know for some of my scripts, like the Man in the Box and stuff that I'd, they're popular projects among the people who have read them, and we shot a trailer for that one too, which just it hasn't been funded yet. Um, but if I could just get the sto- story out in a book form, yeah, then it's like, at least it's out there, right? It's at least the story's out there, and who knows, maybe that will lead to um, getting the necessary interest in it to raise the money to make the movie. Um. Do you show your scripts to other people to get kind of advice, or are you are you pretty isolated when you write? Uh, I I know you're supposed to. I just don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I'll show them to anyone. Anyone that wants to read them, I'll pretty much let read. Yeah. I just don't look for advice because I in my earlier days I kind of did, but I think I'm. I mean, now that I'm making a living at it and I've sold so many scripts, like I know I'm fair. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm never perfect, and I can always learn more. It's just a lot of people, when they give advice, it's usually just how they see it. And I've had scripts before, uh, Mother-in-Law is one that I wrote. Um, and I got advice, it was like one of my earlier ones, I got advice from so many different people, and, and I ended up just like changing, I'm trying to like follow their advice, and the next thing you know, the script's like butchered, and I was like, man, what the hell happened? Like, my original version was better, I could have just not listened to anyone. Um, so I find it, unless it's someone that's paying me to do it, or yeah. like a producer that's optioned the script and they want changes, then I'll do it. But otherwise, it's like, yo, why would I change something? And then some producer's going to read it and want it changed anyway, sometimes back to the way I had it. So um, so I tend to just write it, make it the best I can. And, you know, I'll show it to, to friends and people in the industry that want to read it. But I I don't really ask for advice. Um, you know, things like Ungrotesque, now that yeah. it's coming close to um, production, you know, then I'll ask Julie kind of like, you know, I'll seek her opinion because I trust her on on stuff like, hey, do you think we should uh, do this and, and or this just to kind of get an, another voice in there. But when I'm writing the script, it's like, you know, this is how it is. I'll start chopping it around. And until someone wants to sign a deal, I'm not going to start changing my vision just based on what someone else wants. Um, I think it's a good idea, and I, I like how you're doing it, Brandon, because I, I did my comic book. I wrote it out, and it took a long time. It took me over 10 years to get it from writing to, to uh, illustrating it and then done. And somebody, somebody asked me out just about when I was complete. He goes, do you have another project um, already to do next? And I was like, I'm not sure. He's like, get one 
started right away because if you don't have another project after this ma mammoth one that you've been working on, you're going to marinate on it and you're going to want to go back and fix things and fix things and it's best just to find a, the next project to immediately jump to. And it sounds like you're kind of doing that as well as juggling other ones. Yeah, I always do that. I, I, I'm, I don't have that problem that a lot of writers have with being kind of like, this is my baby. Because even usually by the time I sell something, I'm usually like five scripts ahead anyway. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, let it go. I'm, I am absolutely not a perfectionist. Um, I get things as best as I can make them, put them out there, onto the next thing. And it's, you know, so far that has worked for me. Um, and I find a lot of the time, too, it's kind of like I've even heard um, just, you know, in the industry, they say, you know, don't be the person with one script. Um, you're shopping around and it's kind of like it's like we well, got this one thing well, like what else do you have and and most of the scripts i don't know if it's most but a lot of the scripts that i've sold um have not been the one i was trying to pitch <laughs> usually i'll meet with a producer and I'll, I'll pitch them on one of my horrors and they're kind of like like oh yeah like it's good writing but you know we're not interested in that kind of thing and they'll be like do you have like a thriller or like a like a one like a one location thriller or do you have like a drama and usually I can be like, yeah, I have exactly that because I have so many scripts. Good. Um, John 316, um, the movie that I wrote, um, it's been produced and it's uh, won a bunch of festivals, like winning Best Picture and that kind of thing. Um, and that happened because uh, I met Jarvis Griner, the producer, and I, I sent him like four scripts of mine because um, he wanted to read my stuff. And I think they were all horror. And he's like, yeah, you could write. Like, these are good. But he's like, I don't like horror. He's like, do you have anything else? And thank God, I yeah, I do have this one drama, and it, it was I didn't even think it was that good. It was like my least favorite script, but he read it. He's like, I want it. He bought it. He made it. Um, so if I had have only had you know that one script, it would not would have would not have been made. Yeah. So I think when you're approaching people, they want to see like, are you just someone that you know says they want to write a script and they spent you know years trying to pound out one script, or are you an actual writer that can you know write things, like make changes as we need them and just like, you know, produce content. Um, you know, it's like if you're a songwriter, but you only ever write one song, it's like, well, how far is it really <laughs> going to get you? Um, it's like you have, to be, you have to be able to write hits constantly to be able, you know, for someone to really want to in, invest the time and energy into, you know, making your stuff. So, so yeah, like I got tons of things going on and, you know, I'm always keeping an eye out online. Anyone that says, hey, we're looking for a web series. Uh, I'm like, hey, guess what? I got a web series script. You know, I can pitch that. We're looking for a thriller. We're looking for this or that. And I, I usually just have something written like that um, to pitch. Uh, with the um, the short stories, does that kind of help you build up your muscles to work on the full features? Or, or is it just another just another medium that you're able to cut up? What I'm, what I'm asking is, do you build up to something? Or is it the medium that you already are working on that you are able to navigate around? Yeah, like the, if you're talking about the short films. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, it's basically like practice for one. Um, like the one we're doing next weekend, I'm actually working with a, a different um, director of photography that I've never worked with before. Um, and we want to work with him on, on Grotesque. But he's kind of suggested, hey, why don't we just shoot like a one-day short together just to see how we work before we dive into a, a feature. So it's like, okay, so that's kind of the reason we're doing that. Some of them, it's like instead of waiting to raise money to do a feature – it's like, well, we got a little bit of money. Let's just do something smaller just so we can get something done. But yeah. the main reason I do shorts is like every single one that I put out, you know, I put them on YouTube, share them around Facebook or whatever. Um, it always leads to some other um, opportunity. Like some producer will see it 
and they'll be like, hey, I like that film. And then I follow them on Twitter. They follow me. And then eventually they're like, hey, yo, I'm, I'm looking for a, a screenwriter. Are you interested? Um, and that happens, or they introduce me to someone. It just, or it leads to me meeting some new person that that leads to some other opportunity. Um, so even though they, they don't really make any money, it's just the opportunities they lead to. It's kind of like a calling card. Every time I put a new one out, yeah, it's a reason to share my name around Facebook. And everyone's like, oh, hey, Brandon's doing another new project. And it's just, you know, it gets my name out there more. And then, you know, when it comes time to do a bigger project, everyone kind of knows who I am. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of my scripts sold just based on someone that watched, you know, I'm in love with a dead girl, my short film. And like, hey, I love that film. Um, I'm looking to hire a writer. Like, I'll, you want me to hire, you know, like they'll hire me to write a, a horror or something. Um, and some of it's just like, yeah, that would not have happened if I had not put that movie out. Um, so they've all kind of basically paid for themselves many times over. Um, and also like I have plans once I get enough short horror films, I'm going to put yeah. them all together into an anthology and then release that as a feature. Um, I think we're at like an hour, maybe slightly over an hour's worth of content right now. So get a few more in there and then, you know, I get a, a feature out of it. So, um, there's a lot of people that like that short form content and it's just, you know, it's a way to get my name out there. Um, a lot of people say for writers, they should travel. Do you kind of agree with that? Or are you kind of more of, you can just able to isolate? Um, I would love to travel more. Um, I just don't, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm more of an isolate, especially you know, with COVID and all that. But like, yeah. yeah, I write from home. Sometimes I go down, there's a, a mall that's kind of like a, you know, 20 minute walk from my house. So some days if I get sick of being inside, I'll go down and write in the food court just so I'm like, I'm out and, you know, in a different environment. Um, it'd be kind of cool to travel around, but I mean, I sink like so much money into these projects that it's kind of like, well, I could spend a thousand bucks traveling around or I could spend a thousand bucks doing another short film. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of like as money comes in the door, it goes back out the door to <laughs> different things I'm, I'm working on. So it's, um, you know, maybe when COVID's over, I, I would like to travel, but it, you know, it'd be kind of nice to like go I don't know, somewhere warm and spend like you know a few weeks or a month there just write a script while i'm there just to say that hey i wrote this particular script in uh you know cuba or whatever but um for now it's it's basically it's an isolated thing i just sit behind my computer listen to music and uh you know make the magic happen on my final draft i guess i and you're providing some great information for people out there who are interested in starting to writing and they you know want to write in different mediums and you're providing a lot of good information about it what is kind of another thing that you would probably like to share to people who are want to get started on writing screenplays um it's like i tell this like uh i even said this in a podcast i did earlier today if i can do it you can do it <laughs> um like i don't think like I'm, I'm i'm fairly good at what i do but i'm not i'm more just it's just the you know 20 plus years of writing experience um i don't think i'm like a prodigy of any kind i don't think i have any advantage that other people don't have um so if, if you're interested in writing and you just have the basic writing skills if you just develop it and work on it you can do what i do like at one point you know even it was like six years ago i had really had no idea where to start but i just started i just started writing things and I wrote a short film called Granny, a short horror film. It was like five pages long. And I remember I went to, there was a, a like a screenwriting group here in Edmonton. Yeah. And there was like quite a few people. There were probably like 20 plus people. Um, and 
I went there a few times, and I remember like each time we would kind of critique someone else's um, script. And one time we did, it was instead of one script, it was like several people um, brought short scripts. And you know, we'd all read them, and then we go around the circle, and people would give their feedback. And when it came time for mine, there was like no feedback, it seemed. Um, it was kind <laughs> of, everyone's like, yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good. And I remember the, the head guy that organized it, he had a kind of a couple things to say. But I was like, really? I'm like, I've gotten to the point where no one can even tell me how to make this thing better. So actually, I stopped going to those meetings. I really like those people, but I'm just like, well, this is not going to be useful to me if I'm kind of like already ahead of them, basically. Yeah. Um, so I stopped going, and I pitched that script. I put it on Inktip, inktip.com. Um, you can put short films there for free. Okay. And this kind of young filmmaker from Colorado contacted me. He emailed me and said, yeah, I really like that script. And we talked on the phone, and he wanted to make it. We, I didn't get paid for it. I basically just gave it to him because I'd never really had uh, anything made before. And uh, funny enough, the the little boy that was in the script, he went on to star in Fuller House. Um, so he kind of became pretty what? famous. It really helped the in the help the this short film because he was you know unknown at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, so after this film was made, um, it was only like it was um, it was Gino's first movie. You know, it was it was okay, but you know, it was his first film. Uh, but the thing is, all of a sudden, I had like uh, a major calling card. Some someone else, like a third party, produced this movie. So I wrote another short script, and then I just started pitching it to um, to any short film producers I could find. And I would tell them, hey, like I have this new script. My last script was produced, uh, you know, in uh, Denver by so and so. And I knew they kind of they probably wouldn't even bother watching the film. It would just they would just see that hey, I've had previous things made. Yeah. So it was pretty quick when I gave the second one away for free. And also I had two things made and then three things made. And then all of a sudden it became easier because now I have a little bit of a track record. And then I started charging for the scripts like 100, 200, 500 bucks. Um, and, you know, now I have like so many of them and I made other ones myself. So I've kind of changed my pitch a bit. But it's just kind of getting that one thing made, whether you make it yourself or someone else makes it. All of a sudden you're a, you're a produced screenwriter. And I just kind of built on every single success. And then I started writing features. And, you know, I subscribed to InkTip and to screenwriting staffing and, you know, those uh, services you pay a monthly fee and they send you, you know, lists of producers looking for projects. Yes. And, um, and I've had many success with both of those. And I just always, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Google, I always uh, I'll look up phrases like uh, looking for screenwriter, um, scripts wanted, horror scripts wanted, anything like that. And because there's message boards and, you know, social media things all over the place where someone's posting that they're looking for something. So I reach out to them, I contact them and tell them, yeah, I have a horror script. And um, and I keep a database of who I've pitched to and when and everything and what their response was. And, you know, I probably pitch like 100 of them for every person that's, you know, interested in reading something. But I'm pitching constantly, like several per day. Um, so eventually like your name's getting out there and sometimes people will read your thing and they don't want to make that particular thing, but they might remember your name. And then, you know, two years down the road when they need a writer, they'll be like, Hey, remember that person that wrote that uh, thing we like, <laughs> you know, then they'll reach out to you. Um, so if you just kind of basically follow that and, and constantly keep writing new things, keep getting better. And even like grotesque, um, I wrote a couple years ago. And even just rereading it now that we're getting into pre-production, I was like, oh, my God, like I'm 
Like, I'm so much better writer now, so I just rewrote it. <laughs> it made it better. I mean, it's only been a couple years, but I could just, I'm like, man, like, I was not as good as I thought I was back then. So I rewrote it. Um, and even Julie's like, wow, this is like so much tighter, so much better. And, you know, probably two years from now, I'll be like, oh my God, like, that was pretty terrible compared to what I can write now. So if you're constantly just writing new things instead of, you know, tinkering with the same script, yes. just like finish a script, get on to the next one, get on to the next one, get on to the next one. You know, and I'll write sometimes like a script a month. And it was probably, I probably wrote 10 before I actually sold one. Um, but just all that learning really paid off. Um, if you're just kind of sitting on your one script that you're pitching around, it's probably not as good as you think it is. And you probably just you will learn a lot more if you just write an insane amount of things, shorts, you know, anything. Um, you could even, just to get something produced, you could even just write a one or two page simple script that takes place in one location, like a house and either film it yourself or just find someone else to film it. And all of a sudden you're a produced screenwriter. And anytime you pitch a script, you could say, Hey, I've gotten, I've had a movie made before. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be so much easier to do the next one. Even if you have to fund it yourself. Are you, uh, are you now comfortable seeing your name on the screen? Oh yeah. I've, I've gotten <laughs> used to it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's one of those things I used to be, um, a little nerve wracked about it and yeah. even doing interviews. I used to be scared doing them. And now it's like, ah, it's, I, you know, I can just kind of do them. I'm used to discussing things and everything. And it's just, you know, it took time to, to build up, but you know, it's just, it's kind of like a muscle you got to work at and you do it enough that, and it's like, the more you do it, it just builds faster and faster. It's always hardest starting out because you're an unknown writer with no produced projects it's just so hard to get that first one when you're up against, you know, experienced writers who have 20, yeah. you know, produced projects. So it's kind of like, why would someone give you the chance? But there's always a chance if you hustle enough, you know, and your writing is good. It's like, you will get something made eventually, you know, someone will want to, you know, someone will like your voice, the way that you write, they will like that project. You just got to keep pushing at it and not get discouraged. Is there you ever have a moment where you just had like a casual conversation and all of a sudden it just a spark like oh I that's, I should I should put that into a story does that kind of interrupts your kind of your livelihood or you you kind of see oh, only yeah. in the writing constantly like I'd say yeah like a hundred times a day like <laughs> all like constantly like every every just interaction everything I see just you know um, can be turned into something a lot of them like I have I have movies made that it's like hey I came up with that whole thing because I was crossing the street and saw this thing and it just triggered something that I built on. And, you know, so I'm always just kind of piecing things together and um, I'll just, you know, even today a couple of times I just see something or, you know, see someone on Facebook that sounds cool and, you know, I could turn that into something. So I just, you know, several years ago, I, I just kind of trained myself to not put it out of my mind. If you put it out of your mind, you'll forget. So it's kind of like you have to train your mind to, to work creatively. So it's like anything that I think of, instantly goes into my phone and then it goes down onto um, you know my word document and it kind of just trains your brain to think constantly so I can just write super fast and I don't really sit there with writer's block not knowing what to do next it's like it just flows like super quick so I can just sit there and pound out a script quickly and, and it, it turns out very well because you know I just trained my brain to pick up on cues and just work quickly like that I know when when I write my comic books, and when something is almost like it's really going good, it's going smooth. It's almost kind of frightening. Does that sense? Do you get that sense too? I would say frightening, but it's um, yeah, I kind of know what you mean. I 
I mean, it's kind of always my biggest fear too that I like I'll lose it somehow. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like I'm like, what if one day all of a sudden I can't do this anymore? It's like, what? Like, what am I gonna have to like go back to school and get a different job? Like, you know, it's just like this has to like this creative flow has to last my whole lifetime. Um, so it's kind of cool. And like, even when I'm writing, sometimes you know, it's just like it's coming to your brain faster than you can write. And you're like, oh my god, this is so good. Yeah. I'm typing away, and I'm like, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, and then. You know, and then all of a sudden the doorbell rings and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go do this thing. And it's like, crap, you know, interrupts it. And I got to pick it up again later. And it's always the the hardest part is always the before you write. I mean, I procrastinate like everyone. And, you know, I get up in the morning. I should start writing now. And next thing you know, it's like two in the afternoon. And <laughs> I'm like, OK, I'm like, I really got to sit down and do this stuff. But as oh. soon as I sit down and put my fingers to the keys, then it, it comes. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I just got used to instead of sitting there thinking about it, it's like just start writing it. Like you just start writing something, all of a sudden it'll click in, and then you'll start writing good stuff. And then you can go over it and over it and over it later, and kind of you know weed out the the bad things. But it's like once you start writing, that's when it comes. If you're sitting there staring at a blank page trying to figure out what to write, it's like you'll be sitting there forever. It's just kind of like start writing something. Just getting used to you know write gibberish if you have to. Just once you're writing, that's when your brain will kind of click in and, you know, be like, okay, now we're getting down to this. And now we're, you know, I'm going to start giving you good ideas. I, uh, I written a sequel to the green way and it just so happened just because I wanted to write something from experience. I worked in a factory for 10 years and I just started a story of a guy just working into a monotonous factory job and it blossomed into something that would definitely be a sequel to the green way. And you're right. If you just start writing it eventually organically is going to come to something that you could make into a story exactly yeah do you um when you write do you, do you have a, like an assigned character first or do you have the story first i think i've asked you this before but it um is it the, the story or the character that kind of is the spark i'm pretty much always story okay. um characters it's kind of almost they're just like annoying things that get in the way of the story um <laughs> yeah. i i always like I'm, I'm a situational type writer um i guess a like, grotesque was almost like it, it started with a premise but the character was so strong that was a bit different but usually i just like what's like a funny situation or premise and then the character when it comes that then it's something i'll figure out when i start writing um I just like it's weird that like I can write all sorts of stuff, but I, I just I struggle with I can give characters depth, and you know people tell me that I I write you know good three dimensional characters and all this stuff, but I I really struggle with it. And even in my scripts, like I don't I don't give uh, character descriptions very often, other than very very basic ones. But usually I'll just say like a man, Dave, like you know you kind of figure out what he looks like. I just, I'm not good at describing people. And it's not until basically if a producer tells me, which happens sometimes, they're like, can you add in character descriptions? And then I'm like, ah, oh, God, okay, then I'll do it. But if not, I just like, I don't know, I just find it difficult because I can kind of see them in my head. I just figure that like the most character traits come from through the action, comes from what they do. Yeah. So it's like if you can't figure out what kind of person this is from reading it, then like, I mean, there's something wrong with you. You know, like I'll say things like, you know, an elderly man or like a, you know, a big burly tattooed tough guy, you know, those kind of general things. But if it's just like a, a business woman who's a, the CEO of this company, well, it's like how, how much description do you need? Cause you know, right. for one, it depends on 
the actor they hire to play that role, what exactly they look like. But you could picture something in your head that's probably going to be pretty close, right? She's not going to be a, you know, a 13-year-old teenager. She's not like a 85-year-old lady. You know, it's just like you can kind of picture that in your head. Yes. So if I just kind of give that basic description and a name, um, sometimes a rough age, it's like, you know, you can picture that in your head. And then just from the way they act, then it's like, okay, that's where the character comes in. So I like building the characters through the action. Like some people are so good. I read their character descriptions and I'm like, wow, that's like, I wish I could write like that. Um, I just don't for some reason. And it hasn't really gotten in my way. <laughs> um, it's just like, it's one of those things. So yeah, when I imagine things, like I'm imagining scenarios and situations and then yeah. I kind of come up with characters to fill that. Uh, do you read other material as you're going? Do you read other books or other people's scripts too? Yeah, I, re I read a lot of books. Like ever since I could read, I don't think there's ever been a time in my life where I haven't been like reading a book. As soon as I finish one, I start another. I don't read every single day, but close to it. Um, I do read quite a few scripts, mostly just movies I like. I'll read the script for them. Okay. Um, I should probably do that more because I actually do learn a lot. Every time I read a script, there's this, there'll be some little thing, and I'm like, oh, hey, that's a good way to, to do that. And um, So it kind of just adds to my repertoire. So I read a fair few scripts, and you know, I still read comics. I read a lot of magazines um, and that kind of stuff. Oh, good. Well, that's a good. I think if you're a writer, you need to be reading constantly. Yeah, you have to. Like, I, I think if you're a human, you need to be reading. Like, is I find it weird that yeah, people that just don't read. Like, I don't even really understand you. Know, be like someone that say they, they never, ever watch, like, TV. It's like, well, like, how can you watch nothing? You got to watch something. <laughs> you you got to watch something. Um, just, like, reading so important. It makes you smarter. Like, you have to read. Well, I have to say, Brandon, thanks for coming back again on the show. I love Every time you come on, I learn more about writing. And, and you know, even listening to you, it makes me want to get back to writing another sequel to my, all my comic books. Yeah, you should do it. <laughs> I should. I should. Um, Brandon, uh, so the, let's see. Um, people can find you. Um, I'm, if you just look up my name, Brandon Rhinus, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, the Higher Universe, uh, which is my company, uh, yeah. we're on Facebook. And the YouTube channel where all my film stuff is is just called uh, it's either Higher Universe or Higher Universe Inc. or yeah. something like that. I think, yeah, Higher um, Universe. So, yeah, if you just look that up, you'll find it. It's got the yellow HU logo. Um, it's easy to find. So you can subscribe to that. We have a bunch of new stuff coming out. And uh, um, there's already a bunch of short films and everything on there. So feel free to check them out and to reach out to me and uh, let me know what you think or if you have any questions. And I appreciate anyone that watches my stuff. So uh, I'll thank everyone in advance. Uh, Brandon, thanks for coming. And it's not over till the guest says it's over. I guess it's over. Thanks for having me. It's not over till you say.